0: This is number 202 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute. and My goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. In honor of the 201st episode last week, I started a four-part series covering the 101 best possible public speaking tips that I've ever come across. So if you missed last week, make sure and catch up before listening to this episode. We're going to zoom through another 25 or so tips today. Uh, by the way, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Also, make sure to leave a comment or review if you like the podcast. And don't forget about our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash online. That's all one word without any punctuation. Or you can just search for Fearless Presentations on YouTube to find it. The episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear, and become a more persuasive speaker, then we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in Dallas and Atlanta and Columbus. All those are coming up in the next few weeks. We've got we've got classes popping up in lots of other major cities, though. So if I didn't call your city, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com to find out when we're coming to your location. So in this episode, I'm going to cover a series. Uh, I'm going to continue the 101 public speaking tips that I started last week. And you can use these as a roadmap to improve your presentation skills. Uh, I'm going to go through these at lightning speed just because there's so many of them. So if you want more information about any of the tips that I'm covering here, or if you just want to see all of them visually, just click on the link in the show notes and you'll get lots of additional details about each one of the tips. So last week, I finished with tip number 24, which was add more stories. This week, I'm going to cover a series of Tips that will help you add more impact to your presentation. So once you have a pretty decent presentation designed, these are ways to kind of jazz it up a little bit. So the first few are going to to relate to that last tip number twenty four, and these are these are some ways that you can use stories to actually re, both reduce nervousness and add impact. So number twenty five is you can add a moral or an action to your story, a moral of the story. Um, Your examples, the stories that you tell are great ways to teach the audience or or even to persuade them. So when you finish your stories, just add a, a moral of the story or a call to action at the end, such as, so what I want you to get from this is, or the moral of the story is, any of those kind of things will work. So when we tell people to do something or we give them advice, human nature is to play devil's advocate. But when you tell a story first, then the people who are listening to you are more likely to agree with you. Um, If you want to kind of test it, just try it around your office. Instead of giving advice right away, start off with an example or a story, and then give your advice and see if you get better results. Tip number 26 is to use success stories for proof for your bullet points. So your successes, they're solid proof that um, that your your advice is sound. So anytime you offer advice or a suggested plan of action, always try to use a personal example as your proof that your input input is is valid. Uh, if you haven't had personal success with the new idea, then find some other person or some other group who has used a similar idea and had a success, and you can use that as your proof. Tip number 27 is to learn from your mistakes. When you or your team has a challenge, tell the story about the trial or the mistake and then add the moral at the end to show how you learn from it. A lot of times we can add some self-deprecating humor into this type of, of story delivery as well. So it has a lot of great benefits. Uh, tip number 28, 28 is to give contrasting examples. So, a good way to use examples and stories is to, is to give a, a good example, but also a bad example. For instance, if you're giving a suggestion or advice in your presentation, give one example of a time when you or somebody else didn't take that advice. You did the exact opposite of what you're suggesting that they do now, and the results were less than ideal. And then Follow that up with a second example when you actually use the advice yourself and had a success. Those two contrasting stories are fantastic for persuading your audience. The next tips, the next nine tips are going to be things that you can use to get the audience to participate and really add some impact. And in fact, 29 is add audience participation. Get your audience involved in the presentation. Uh, The audience participation is a fantastic way to break up the presentation and add in energy and attentiveness as, to your delivery. The adage is that, that people will support a world that they help create. So when your audience helps deliver your presentation, they're going to enjoy that presentation more and they're going to retain the information for longer periods of time. So the next tips that I'm going to cover are ways that you can actually use audience participation in a very effective way. Uh, tip number 30 is the thing that you want to kind of avoid. You want to avoid what are called rhetorical questions. So never ask an audience a question that you really don't expect them to answer. Rhetorical questions, aren't aren't, they're not interactive and and they've got the potential to be annoying or even have the potential to make the audience think that you're trying to manipulate them. So really you wanna avoid these types of questions. Uh, Tip number 31 is also kind of a thing that you wanna be careful with. That's the yes or no questions. That's where some people in the audience are going to answer yes and some people are going to answer no. What that does is it divides the audience. So only use them if the division is actually what you want. You know, like for instance, um, if you, let's say for instance that you're leading a sales conference or something like that and you want to recognize the high performers. How how many of you made President's Club? Raise your hand, you know, that kind of thing, right? So, So basically that's something where that that division that you're making in the audience is actually wanted. You're actually wanting to, to uh, call attention to the, the great things that the people in that group have, have done, right? Um, tip number 32 is you want to avoid single answer questions. doesn't mean you can't ever do them. It's just you want to be kind of careful with them, just like the yes or no questions, because questions with only a single correct answer they really only have two possible results. (laughs) Either one person in the audience will answer the question correctly and have a single success, or nobody in the audience is going to be able to answer the question and the entire audience will feel stupid. (laughs) So if there is only one answer, avoid the question and just tell the audience the answer and you'll get a much better result. So the rest of these are going to be things that you can actually do to actually improve the the, uh, effect of the audience participation that you do. So tip number 33 is to ask open-ended opinion-based questions. So in fact, these are the best types of questions. The open-ended, meaning that it's not just a yes or no or a single answer. it, It gets the people in the audience to elaborate. And the best way to get them to elaborate is to elaborate on an opinion that they have. So as long as they have an opinion, they're going to be correct. <laughs> so, a whole group of audience members, if you ask an opinion-asking question, can now be the heroes of the room. Because the best, and by the way, the best way to do this is to make sure that your bullet points have gone to that next level where the result to the audience is added in, like we talked about last week. Uh, instead of just instead of just telling it, get make make that result that you're trying to get them to achieve. A part of the bullet point. So uh, like, for instance, um, so we're two weeks behind schedule of the Smith building. What kind of suggestions can we do to get back on track by the end of the month? That's a question. That's an opinion asking question. And if they give you three, four, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 answers, Then everybody's participated and everybody's got a a good way to or or you'll have a litany of good ideas to kind of use to answer that question for yourself. Tip number 34 is a technique called we call it think, write, share. So it's a three step process. This is can be very effective if the audience is a little bit more introverted or if they're not really trained to participate. Every once in a while, you're going to be speaking to a crowd where. The people in the audience are, are kind of taught or trained that they're not, not supposed to participate in a presentation. And if that's the case, then think, right share can really help. So basically, it, would, it starts with a, a statement where you're asking them to think about something. So, for instance, think about all of the possible ways that we can get back on track on the Smith project. So that's the thinking part. The second part is the right. So once you pause for a second, let them think for a second. If you would write down two or three of your best ideas, then wait for everybody to, to write down at least one or two things. And then once the audience, once most everybody in the audience has written down at least one, two, three things, then you just kind of finish with the with the share, which is, hey, tell me what you wrote down or and I'll write I'll write those things on the whiteboard. Uh, or the flip chart in the in the at the front of the room you'll get a lot more participation this way because now instead of just putting people on the spot they've gotten a chance to really clarify their thinking tip number 36 is to use sticky notes to get input so if you have one or two overall vocal audience members who tend to overpower all of the other opinions then the, the sticky note technique might be very effective. Uh, try having everybody write down their ideas on individual sticky notes instead and then collect all of the notes and read them out loud to the group. Or you can organize them into piles or of similar ideas. Um, this way, you can kind of see where the real consensus in the group is without becoming a popularity contest because basically they're, they're kind of anonymous that way. Tip number 36 is what we call practice with a partner. Another way to get a group to participate is just to ask them to tell their best idea to a partner that's sitting next to them, then have the partners volunteer to say to the group the single idea that their partner shared that was particularly good. So basically, it's a a way, again, to get the introverted group to really participate and to train your audience to want to participate. Um, My last tip in this series is number 37, which is have a contest. So one of the things that you can do is just divide the audience into small groups and have a contest of some kind. This could be a test to see what they remember from the speeches or from previous presenters, or it could be a contest to see who can come up with the most creative solution to a challenge or a problem that you've that you're experiencing or that you've been discussing. Uh, get creative because people learn more when they're having fun. So the next tips are gonna be my favorite ways to add impact to a presentation. So these are things outside of audience participation, outside of adding more stories that will also get you some pretty nice bang for your buck when, you're, when you add them into your presentation. So 38 is analogies. So analogies are a fantastic way to make complicated information easier to understand and to make your presentations much more fun and enjoyable for the audience, an analogy is is basically just a comparison where we're saying that something, the complicated information that we're talking about, is just like something else, something that's less complicated. For instance, a financial planner is trying to explain early retirement, might might compare planning your retirement to planting an orchard. You know, if you only plant one tree and wait only one year, you're not going to get a great crop. But if you plant dozens of trees of different types of fruit and let them grow for 10 years while nourishing them along the way, you're going to end up with a bountiful harvest. So basically, we're comparing that, that orchard or the trees in that orchard to a, um, a financial plan or a retirement plan. Tip number 39 is anecdotes. These things add fun, and they also add a lot of humor if you use them really effectively. Um, They called Ronald Reagan, by the way, the great communicator. And the reason why they called him that was because he had an anecdote for everything. These are short, often funny stories, kind of like parables. Um, They they can be used to teach a point and add levity. And a good place, by the way, to find uh, these types of anecdotes are at the end of articles and like Reader's Digest. Uh, By the way, motivational speakers use this this technique quite often. By the way, I've done a few sessions in the past on anecdotes and stories and that kind of thing. I'll link to that in the show notes so you can find more of that. If you're you're looking for a really cool anecdote to kind of stick into your presentation or a place to go to find anecdotes, I'll link to um, some additional blog posts in the show notes. So, tip number 40 is a demonstration. Demonstrations help audience members better understand processes and products by showing them in action. So, this technique is very common in like trade shows or fairs or exhibits. Uh, it's also the most common selling technique in infomercials if you've ever seen the 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 sponges that suck up everything you know they're they're using that as a demonstration to show you what this thing will do for you if you buy it from them so if you're explaining a step by step process or you have a product that is impressive to the audience then a the demonstration might be a great addition to your presentation Tip number 41 is to offer a sample. Give the audience something that they can see, touch, feel, or experience. If you're talking about a product, just bring one and pass it around. If your topic is less tangible, give an example. For instance, when we teach public speaking skills in our classes, we will typically introduce how powerful a a technique can be. We'll teach it and then we'll give an example and then we'll let them, the people in the audience, practice with it and get a chance to kind of do it themselves. So we're using our example as a way to kind of teach. And that's a a really effective sample is a good way to kind of reinforce your point. Tip number 42 is to get a quote from an expert. So when you quote an expert, you're temporarily borrowing that person's expertise and credibility. So quotes, by the way, they should be short and by someone the audience will actually recognize. I, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time that I I heard somebody quote a person. I'm like, who the heck is that person? I don't know who that person is, right? So if, if the person is, then the name is not recognizable, then you probably wanna do a little bit more research to get a better quote, right? But when you use quotes properly, they can really help you add more credibility to your delivery. So tip number 43 is name drop. So if you don't have a formal quote, but you know multiple famous people or companies that agree with you or agree with your point, the, or they follow your advice or, or support the thing that you're trying to get across to your audience, then you can name drop them. For example, for my company, 405 of the Fortune 500 companies have actually sent people to the Fearless Presentations class, including companies like Microsoft and Apple and ExxonMobil and PricewaterhouseCoopers and Deloitte and many, many, many more. So by listing those company names, those are all customers and clients of my company. I can use that as a way to gain credibility by name dropping them if I need to. Tip number 44 is to add showmanship. So remember that in addition to informing and persuading the audience as a speaker, we also must entertain the audience. So a lot of times folks will kind of forget about that part of the presentations. But, but if you can wow the audience, um, you're going to be memorable. So do something different that, than what everybody else is doing. Um, And by the way, the, the next few tips are ways, some additional ways that you can, or things that you can do to add showmanship. So in fact, we're going to cover five additional tips that will help you add showmanship to your presentation. So tip number 45 is to use posters instead of pictures in a slideshow. So adding a picture or a multitude of pictures to a PowerPoint slide, it can be effective in a pinch. However... You can go to like a, a printing store, like um, FedEx, Kinkos, or Staples, or any of those places, and you can actually get a, a a an image or a photo blown up into a poster that you can set on a tripod, and that poster is going to be much more memorable than the um, than than just an image on a on a slide. So think about a trade show. You know, trade show when you when you walk around a trade show floor. The exhibits that have the big posters are way more eye-catching and, and they're really good at getting attention to the people that are, that are passing by. You can use the same type of technique in your presentations. Tip number 46 is to add some magic. Quick and easy magic tricks can add some fun and energy to a presentation. If it's appropriate, I mean, obviously, it's not the kind of thing you want to do in every type of presentation, but when it's appropriate, this can add a little bit of fun. But since our instructors at the Leaders Institute, um, since we teach seminars and training classes, um, we we typically use what I call magic tricks for dummies, you know, the really, really simple things that you get from like a magic store. And we use it as a way to, to add as an analogy to something that we're teaching. Um, so, like, for instance, doing a card trick and a boardroom presentation, it's probably not going to work very well. But if you're doing some training and you want to add some fun, make it make the presentation a little bit more interactive. yeah card trick might might just fit the bill. Tip number 47 is to teach the audience something that will surprise them. This is one of the things I think that really sets our company apart is that we're trying to include at least one or two things like this into every single session that we do in our classes and our workshops and our seminars. Um, Like for instance, we often teach team building activities and we'll start with a memory trick that will help the audience improve their memory very quickly. It's a simple technique that anybody can learn by the way, but it's, it's, it's kind of awe-inspiring to most audiences because once they do it, they go, oh my God, that's crazy. I can't believe I just remembered all that, right? So when I was in school, by the way, a speaker showed us how to read faster by having, uh, having us read a section from a book in our usual way for like 60 seconds. And then he had us read that entire section again, but this time by taking our left hand and just with our left index finger and just following along as if you're, you know, like when kids are learning to read, It's crazy. Try that, by the way. If you've never done it, take your left hand and just kind of follow along while you're reading in a book. Just read for 60 seconds, see how many lines of text that you're able to read, and then do it with your finger. And you'll speed up your reading sometimes almost double. Uh, And and if nothing else, you'll probably read at least a couple dozen extra lines of, of reading. It's really, really cool. But it was something that he he! When he taught us that, when he taught us how to do that, it was kind of awe inspiring. was like, "Oh my God, I, I can't believe I just did that! I just almost doubled my my speed of reading in just a couple of seconds." So anytime you can add something like that into your presentation, something that's kind of has the wow factor, then that can be very memorable to the people that are in your audience. Tip number forty-eight is to use props. You can use props to add showmanship. So, like for instance, when when legislatures, if you ever watch the Congress or or the Senate, um, when they're when they're trying to get a bill passed, you know, like for instance, back in two thousand nine, the uh, when healthcare legislation was going on, um, they when the healthcare legislation was going on, and it was just so complicated that some of those um, senators and congressmen actually just printed out the bill, and it created like stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of paper um and the, the, they were i mean basically they were piles and piles of unreadable pages and it was pretty overwhelming and it made a valid point um one by the way when i start out my leadership classes when i'm teaching that i found a toy it was funny I, it's kind of embarrassing now to tell you this story but this there was a toy that was a shipping box you know i was i got these at walmart right shipping box. And when you punch the button or if you walked by it, like if you had it turned on and you walked by it while it's sitting on a shelf, the box would jump up and down and it would shake and it would say, hey, let me out of here, that kind of thing. right? And so um, I used it as a prop about self-confidence. I, when I was teaching leadership development and people skills and and uh, public speaking training early on, I bought like a, a dozen of these things and um, and I and I would kind of stick one of them on the floor in front of me as I was kind of making my my presentation. And every once in a while, I'd go near it and it would kind of shake and say, "Let me out of here." And, and then I started bringing out another one and another one and another one and another one. And it basically, I, I it was making the point that hey, we all have. That inner self, that confident person, that's that's trapped inside of us, and sometimes all it takes is for somebody to just open up the box and let that person out. And it it was kind of the way that I did it was was pretty humorous. It was something that was very memorable. had a, had a lot of showmanship to it. Tip number forty nine is that a good leave behind can sometimes add showmanship. So a handout, a book or some other type of reference item can actually make your presentation more memorable. Uh, For instance, when we teach our leadership classes, we have a business card holder that has a series of leadership principles they're, they're little cards that we put in that are that are reminders of some of the, the tips or the principles that we teach in the class. And and it's so it's a good reinforcement to the critical p- principles that we're covering in the course. And it's also kind of a fun way to a fun leave behind that uh, that folks will will a lot of times keep on their desk and, and use. So the last one we're going to cover today is principle number 50. And basically what I would suggest that you do is, is use at least one of these impact ideas for each point. So basically for for the last 15 or 20 of these ideas that I've given you, go back to that skeleton outline that we created last week and then add at least one additional technique from the last 10 or so ideas. And So basically you can add a question, an analogy, a quote, some showmanship, Um, add those to your original points and that's gonna give your presentation some more meat. All right, so that's the last one that we're going to cover this week. We're about halfway through. And so we're going to cover some really cool things over the next couple of sessions. So we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.